on the screen. They will put the scriptures for today's lesson. It is the same scripture, scriptures as has been used every Sunday this month for the series called Stretch. This will be the final of these lessons on stretch. And it reads like this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. If you fear the Lord and depart from evil, it will be health to your flesh, strength to your bones. This is the heart of what I want to bring to you in this last lesson. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Amen to the word. I'd like for you to do this and I hope you like to do it. Pray for each other. I really believe it's good news for us today. Stretch your hand this way. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the powerful singing, the worship, the giving. Now the word. I pray that this will not be a source of distraction or boredom or uh, lack of interest. But it is your word, and as a result, give us the keenness to hear and to understand. We need you. I'm not here to decorate this platform. I'm here to be your servant. These people are here to decorate a chair. They, they want to hear your word. And together we receive it. Amen, church. Amen, it is. So I have chosen for today's lesson title this thought, God's Trust Test. Leave it up a moment. God's Trust Test. And you see that that title is couched in currency. And the heart of the lesson today has to do about trusting God with some of all he gives us. And so I uh, inquired of my wife if she knew where we could obtain a rubber currency. You know, you, you've ever seen one stretched, money stretched in a, sort of a toy, but she couldn't, we couldn't get it fast enough for this sermon. So I said to her this morning, do you suppose there'll be some sort of presentation on YouTube that we could download and use it as an illustration? And she said, I'm, I'm too late. I mean, if I need it today. So I said, well, Alex is our media specialist. It's not too late for him. But she encouraged me not to bother Alex in light of all he has to do. So imagine this can be stretched. It is money, and it is a $100 bill. I chose a $100 bill because 
if I was going to stretch money, it wouldn't be no dollar. I chose this money because I usually don't keep it in my pocket. Got this from my wife's purse, but she doesn't know that yet. Actually, I didn't stretch. You know, I want to show you a, a few thoughts before. I didn't do it in the first service, but maybe that wasn't God's timing. Uh, let, let me show you about confusion concerning tithing and giving in the kingdom. Very quickly. Number one. Uh, people are confused about tithing and giving because there is an ignorance of God's word. If you don't know about it, how can you do it? And if you don't know the truth about it, how can you be obedient? There is the resistance to God's word. Some folk know about it. They have heard about it. But... They're not ready to do it, if ever. Resistance. Then there's a third point in this confusion concerning tithing and giving is shallow commitment to God's word. And that's why it says trust the Lord with all of your heart. And shallow commitment will only bring you shallow returns. Then there's number four covetousness and false teachings about God's word. There are those who are persuaded that God is like a vending machine. Except you don't have to put any coins, just pull the lever. So, there are those who have been taught that I am to get, 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 get. And as a result, they are not given. And so having said that, I, I want to make you aware of this subject before I get too far. And uh, I want to suggest to you that if you were to study the New Testament to discover what Jesus talked about more than anything else, what do you think it would be? It's not relationship to God. It's not heaven or hell or prayer or love. The, the predominant topic of Jesus' ministry and the gospel is money. 16 of the 38 parables of Jesus are concerned with how to handle money or possessions. One out of ten verses in the Gospels, 288 in all, deal directly with the subject of money. The Bible offers 500 verses on prayer, less than 500 verses on faith, but more than 2,000 verses on money and possessions. Must be important. Why does the Bible do that and Jesus speaks of it because our trust in God is proven and displayed by what we do with what we have. You know about this part of what I'm going to say, and, and if you don't, you'll, you'll learn it now. God is the owner, and I am the manager. God owns it all. 
And he says in Scripture, in Psalm 50 and 10, For every animal of the forest is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird in the mountains, and the creatures of the field are mine. Here's a kind of test for you, okay? If you made $400 this week, how much of it belongs to God? All of it. The, the rain is keeping me from hearing your hallelujahs and amens. <laughs> Listen to this. See if you don't agree. There is no area in our life that is not affected by money in some way or the other. Money is a major issue in our lives. Now, tragically, some Christians have come to believe that God doesn't expect anything from them financially, that God will somehow be happy with whatever we have left over to give to Him. Leftover. You know, here's a danger of a church sponsoring a yard sale to raise money for, since Pastor Trey said, for missions trip. Here's a danger. We ask the congregation to bring us items for the yard sale. And they bring us items that they themselves wouldn't even put in the dumpster. And as a result, we have to throw it away because it was that leftover. Uh, in a lighter moment, I'll just say this to break the ice. You said you were afraid to fly. Am I right? Uh, I, in my earlier days, were of the same mind as you are now. One of the brothers in the church sitting way back to my right, all the way in the corner, under the exit sign, whose name I wouldn't tell you because I don't want to embarrass Brother Leatherwood. <laughs> he told me on one occasion that I shared that I was afraid to fly. He says, take a shoebox of dirt with you on the plane. What is... He says, and when you get on the plane, put one foot in the box of dirt, and that way you'll be on the ground at the same time you'll be in the air. Monty, take care of that for me. L listen to this. Oh, help us, Jesus. Christians sometimes believe and feel like giving to God is something that they do. If they can't afford it, that God doesn't take notice of our giving. And to many Christians, giving is not an important topic or, or they don't think it's a topic that should be talked about in church. Such persons do not know the scripture. You know the most common bill in the offering basket in churches in America? The dollar bill. Whose face is on that bill, by the way? See, I knew you all would know this. George. Now, listen, this is a true story. There was a small town in, in a certain rural area. It, of course, had a bank. It was the only bank in town, but they had three churches in that town. And they called the three churches 
on Monday morning. And they said, knowing these churches deposit their accounts there, they said, the bank said, we want you to bring us your Sunday collection right away because we have run out of dollar bills. I will stand behind this pulpit because there's a reason why it's tall. Hey, listen. Uh, let me challenge you. I'm, I'm a teacher now. I may break out in preaching, but I'm just going to do what the Holy Spirit said. There's no area in our life untouched by money. What we do with money says a lot about what we consider important in our lives and valuable. Get this. Our stewardship reveals outwardly what is taking place in our lives inwardly. Tithing demonstrates where we are spiritually. Uh, let me share with you an acronym of the word trust. So for the letter T, I have a word. For the letter R, I have a word. Let you and here's the number one of the five. In order to trust God and to pass God's test of money, you need to take an inventory. Take an inventory of what you possess. Which says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. In January, many stores will close their doors for a short season to their customers because they're stopping to take an inventory and see what assets they have. Can I get a witness? And so the question for you and I in trusting God is, is for us to ask ourselves, do you really trust God? Do you trust Him with all your heart? Or, or are you half-heartedly half -heartedly dependent on Him? Do you live according to what the Word of God says, or do you live to other resources hoping they'll bring you what you need? Let, let me show you something, what the Lord directly commands. And it says here that we should honor the Lord with our wealth and with the first fruits of all our crops. Wow. And you've heard this illustration before, but I, I'm inclined to give it because of what the Lord gave me. The best place to start your trust inventory is to look and see how you're handling your money and your possessions in relationship to God. How does what I have measure in the context of my trust in God. Uh, for example, you take your checkbook out or you take your electronic uh, sheet that comes out, bank statement, or you take your credit card statements, same for me, and the uh, frequency and the amount of what we, give, what we give to God in a given week or month is an indication of where our trust is. Because I want to share with you that God has a measuring rod. And he says, with what measure you give unto me, I will give back to you. That's trusting God. If you give God a thimble full of finances... You won't get back that. You know, 
You know if you sow a kernel of corn by putting God first and honoring him, he's going to give you a whole straw. But if your trust in God is only to give and I get back, then, then you're missing the point. Let, let me show you something else, please. Recognize God as your source. Uh, it's again, same word, but this is the second letter in the word trust. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Every kind of way that you acknowledge God, He's going to direct your path. And so I, I say to you that you recognize God as your source. And by that I mean here we are in the American economy. We don't always know what's going to happen. And so I'll just talk to you as an illustration. Uh, uh, some people invest in different kinds of means. But many people invest in the stock market. And uh, so they have put their trust in, in, in this kind of concept that if the uh, federal Reserve chairman opens his or her mouth and talks about the stocks going up or going down. People tend to invest in that kind of direction. So I'd like to tell you, uh, as I search this out, how the stock market, the, the Wall Street stock market is going to do this year. Now, I want you to keep it between us because this is insider information and, and I can go to jail for this. In 2018, the economist that I am, the stock market is going to go up and down. Up and down. Did you get the idea? But in God's economy and God's finances and our obedience, His line always go up, 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 up. It never goes down because we never lose with God. Hey, uh, God is the source of all your wealth. God is the source, not just a, you know, there are some things that money can't buy. Can I get it? I mean, if you got out of bed this morning and you were able to do that physically without somebody else helping you, you can't buy, you can't buy that with money. Amen? If your hearing is good, uh, you can't buy that with money. If your vision is good, you, money can't buy that. If the dexterity in your fingers is good, money can't buy that. If your heart is beating and you don't have to have a pump to beat it, God is worthy of your obedience. He is your source. God is your source. You can't, you can't, uh, let, let me show you how I know that. Now, some people, you know, they think I'm the source. I trained for what I got. I worked hard for what I got. A slave to make a living and all of it's mine. I, nobody else gave it to me. I have the ability to earn it. Sounds like the Old Testament. Put it, put it on the screen, please. Uh, Deuteronomy 6, 8, 8, 16 through 18. Who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your father did not know that he might humble you and that he might test you to do good in the end. Then you say in your heart, my power and my might or the might of my hand have gained me the wealth. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Leave it up for a moment, please. If you do your part, 
God will do his part. Look, look at this. Uh, the people were ungrateful and grumbling about now we got manna, what we going to drink? Now we have manna, where are we going to get for meat? And Moses, by the direction of God, says, God fed you in the wilderness of manna. Your fathers, though before you, didn't know about that. And, and he did that to you that he might humble you, and, and meaning that you might come to depend upon God and not your own self, that he might test you to do good in the end. But you got the nerve to say in your heart, my power and the might of my hands have gained me this wealth. And, and Moses reminded people, it's God who gave you what you got. Hey, let me see if I can tell it this way. Uh, Uh, now imagine this about manna, okay? Imagine you in the wilderness like the children of Israel and you eating supper with your Jewish family and your mama brings manna, manna soup to the table followed by manna casserole and manna pudding. <laughs> now you might... Oh, a, comment, uh, a comment to your mama. Mmm, uh, mama, this is good. Where did you get it? Uh, what, what if mama says to her son, Oh, son, I, I just whipped it up for myself. Wrong. It didn't come from mama. It came as a gift from God. Oh, yeah. That car you're driving, it ain't yours. And you're laughing because you're right, Pastor. The bank owns this car. That house you're living in, let's forget the bank for a minute. Oh, wait a minute. That ain't, that ain't yours. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm trying to see the source. That job you have. You may not like it right now, but if you pray, God will take care of you. Know, you know what people who tithe and give? If they need to change the job, God works that out. If they need to buy a house, God will help them get the down payment. If they need a car, God will help them buy it because God, he cares about your well-being. Let me show you two things here, and I need to move on. Uh, let me show you this. This is what uh, Deuteronomy 8 clearly explains, that God provided manna for two reasons. Number one, to humble them. All this business about my hands, my doing, I prepared it, I got it. The Lord said, when I pulled it away from you, guess what? You're going to come asking. Then he says, I, I, uh, I, this manna for, I, I provided to test you. You, you heard the sermon, then you trust in the Lord with all your heart. I'm going to test you that if I give you a hundred dollar bill, 10%, which is a tithe, if you give that to me, 10%, I will take the 90% and make it go further than if you kept it, kept the 10. No place else in the Bible does God ever challenge us to test him. Oh, Lord, help me today. I've never had a debtor congregation that, just a challenge because not long from now, you know what's going to be. 
I'm only teasing you, okay? You ever heard that uh, little show, Just a Spoonful of Sugar? That's what I'm doing to you, mixing a little spoonful. Did you get this? If you're tithing and you say, you say, I'm tithing 5%, you're not tithing. I'm tithing, you are not tithing. Tithing is 10%. So I, I want you blessed and I want to educate or better educate you. Let me see point three. Use your income to honor God. Put it on the screen for me. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Wow. That's good. I can't honor the Lord with my money for you. can't take your prescription medicine and make you feel better. You've got to honor God. You've got to obey God. Help us, Lord, to listen. I'm giving you a message on prosperity. And when it says use your income to honor God, it means that you bring the tithe into the storehouse. The storehouse is where you worship God, where you get fed, where you get the touch of God in your mind and your body, where you get joy when you need joy and you can dance if you need to dance and, and you can feel warm and healed. That's the storehouse. Bring your tithe into the storehouse. Uh, you don't go eat over at Cracker Barrel and pay old Charlie's for your food. Can I get a witness? You are not to send your tithe to 1-800-PRAYER-TOWER. Whew, this feels. Sammy, this one's better than the first, isn't it? It's a good place to say amen, Sammy. Well, you don't send your nephew 10% of your income or, or, or somebody in a nursing home 10% of your income. When you have given God the tithe first, then you can send anybody what you want to send them. The first fruits means the first of your income. The Lord is saying, you're not trusting me if you pay all your bills and then give me 10% what you got left over. In my dentist's office on the wall, they encouraged you to floss. You know what I mean? You don't floss. And it says to you about the importance of flossing is that you should only floss the teeth you want to teeth you want to save. What does that have to do with this sermon? I don't know, but it felt good. I do know, and here's my here's my thought by that. No more than I want to lose my teeth prematurely. I don't want to be blessed haphazardly when I have needs larger than haphazard. The first fruit back in the, uh, back in the days of Israel, the Old Testament, even the New, the economy of Israel was based on agriculture. They, they didn't have currency like we have now. 
Can I get an amen? So the exchange of agriculture would maybe purchase something that has to do with agriculture. And the word of God says when you go to harvest your corn, you with me? Take the first basket of your corn and give it to the house of God and I'll bless the remaining harvest of corn. The word says to us, the first fruit, when, when you, when you uh, do your stuff with harvesting the grain, take the first tray of grain, bring it to the house of God, and I'll bless the rest of your grain. When your animals birth their young, take the first of the animal that has birthed their young and bring it to the house of God that there may be meat in my house. The house of God then, as it is now, is run, maintained, and ministers by the people who are blessed of God. First fruits. God blesses the first fruits. You know, just a missionary was doing the work of the Lord in one of the small islands, I believe, in the Pacific. I don't have all the details. But the people were not knowledgeable in this tithing stuff. They were not wealthy, but he wanted to see them prosper with what they have. So he taught them, the missionary, that the first 10% belongs to God. So he said if you, if you have 10 of an item that God's given you, one belongs to God. And then God will bless the other. So a little boy heard that sermon and he came knocking on the missionary's door. He had a fishing pole in one hand and a fish in the other. Oh, son, what do you have there? Well, preacher, I, I, I bought you a fish. What do you mean? Well, this is my tithe, my first fish. And he said, son, where are the other nine? He said, preacher, it's in the river. I'm going to catch them now. That's trusting God. Oh. Put, put the next slide up, if you will. I pray that the Lord would let it rain so I could keep you in here. <laughs> Show your love to God by giving to him. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting. I, I just want you to see God so loved that he gave. Wow. You know. I appreciate you acknowledging my 40th birthday, and that's very kind of you. But this is my wife, and this is my daughter. And uh, they asked me, Pastor Patty, they asked me, what do I want for my birthday? Well, when you get older, you have to be reminded that you have a birthday. 
Can I get an amen? So I said what I meant. I, I don't, I don't want a thing. I, at this stage in my life, I need to get rid of some stuff. You know what? They bought me some stuff. It's like the other stuff. Brother Aponte, I will put it somewhere and forget where it is. <laughs> but I say that to tell you, I must be loved. <laughs> Sister, we have the same birthday, Gloria. She brought me a plant and gave, and I love that. I must be loved. So you are loved. You didn't hear me. For God so loved the world. The world is she, she, he, 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 her, here. The world, God so loved. And, and every once in a while when you think, well, he loves me so much, he don't want me to pay for my salvation. He just wants me to thank him for it. Put it on the screen, if, if you will, the, the last one. I think it's the last one. I don't know how to spell trust. Test God's promise for your life. So on the count of three, I want you to read it all out loud because I want to get it in your spirit. I want you to get it in your spirit. Patty, I want you to do me a favor. Find that in your scriptures. Would you, Malachi? That, this passage. Oh, Yeah. You ever heard about God's multi, she's finding for me, multiplying principle? How many of you know that God is a multiplier? <laughs> Isn't that great? <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. I have it by memory, but I just wanted to. <laughs> uh, let me, before I give you that, let me give you this. And if you're looking in your scripture or your phone with, with the scripture, this is Malachi 3 8. Everybody ready? Say amen. amen. I'm not setting you up. I'm just telling you the Bible. Will a man rob God? You have robbed me. But we say, this is a response to God saying, wherein have we robbed you in tithe and giving and offerings? And as a result, I'm not there yet, you are cursed. We're the curse. I, I don't want that. Anybody helping me here? I do not want that. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Now, here we go on one, two, three, okay? One, two, three. Everybody? Bring all the tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven, and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough. Hey, have you ever raked leaves across in the fall? You put them in a large 55-gallon drum or you're in a large uh, black garbage bag. And you, uh, what you ever done or have your child do after you fill that garbage bag up with leaves, he jumps in there, jump, jump. Because you don't want to waste money on another bag. You know what he's doing? Good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together. Running over. 
God says that we are guilty of stealing from him when we keep all that we've been blessed with. Will a man rob God? Yes, he will. And he has. And God says, you can change all that. And if you come here to say today, after you hear this, you see there, all churches do is speak about money. Then you're mad because you're disobedient. Don't worry. There are people in this church who will take care of me physically. Lest thou lace the hands upon me. I'm going to close with this. Multiplication. You cannot outgive God. If God can take five loaves and two fish and pray over it and feed 5,000 people, he can multiply his favor in your life. You ain't heard nothing yet. If God can take a boat that is owned by a disciple and he says can I borrow your boat for a few minutes I'm going to launch out a little bit from in the lake and he spoke to numerous people on the hillside telling them about his word and then when Jesus was finished with the boat he says come to the shore he says guys how'd you do fishing multiplication now we we fish all night. The best time to fish is nighttime in that kind of translucent water. We fish all night and we ain't caught a thing. Okay? Multiplication. Not one. Cast out into the deep. It's daytime. Unless he's fishing for dumb fish, regular fish will see the net. And so I think Peter's saying, uh, in his spirit, he didn't say to the Lord, you are carpenter. I am a fisherman. What do you know about fishing? God doesn't have to tell you how he's going to take care of you. And they went out into the deep, my brother Craig. And they threw out their net. And their nets were full up so full, the boat started sinking. And they called a fellow fisherman with his boat. And his boat started sinking because God is a multiplier. Oh. And so this is my second time to close. The guy in Texas that has the large church. Craig, Greg, you know who wrote the book, The Blessed Life? What is it? Robert Morris. Yeah, Gateway. Listen to this. He was a young evangelist. Come, come and play for me, brother. This, this is the truth. He wrote a book on the blessed life. Okay? He was a young evangelist. There was not... Uh, a lot of opportunities to minister and he earned his living by preaching the word and whatever offering he could get would get from the church 
So it depends on where he went, what size of congregation. One week he may get $400, sometime less. And one time he got $800 and it overwhelmed him, okay? And so what happened is that God started to make him a giver early on in his day of evangelism. And so he did several things and God... Uh, Gave to several things, trusting God, not knowing where, the, where it'll come from to replace it. But he, on one occasion, he preached at a church on a Sunday night. And the pastor presented to him a check after church. And said, this is the largest offering we've ever given an evangelist. And... We hope it will bless you. And so he opened it up, looked at it, and he didn't give the amount of it, but it was sizable for that day and time. And he's thinking, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And I know that because I used to evangelize. And I think they paid me according to what I think I was worth. As he was leaving out, there was a missionary at the back of the church who shared his story that morning about his missionary work, where he is, the kind of need. And God said to Robert Morris, give him that check. All of it. Now, if it was me, I was thinking, is that you, God? He was growing in the faith and he signed the check gave it to the missionary and he said don't nobody's to know this except me and you I mean that's kind of God's way of doing it anyhow oh. he went out to the pizza hut or some pizza place has been custom you know evangelists and such they don't eat dinner early but the pastor some of the church members went out to the pizza place and his wife was with him Robert wife was in him and uh, Robert sat at a certain place uh, not beside his wife she was on the end other people between them and he sat across a man that was sort of sort of distinguished looking and uh, the man said to Robert when they had a private moment where's that check you got tonight he, he said I lied I mean no preachers lie I can raise my hand. No act like you ain't part of the crowd. I'm not encouraged. But he said he lied. He said, my check is in my wife's purse. He knew it wasn't there. He gave it away. So he said, go get it. So he goes to his wife, and he acts like he's asking for it, and he puts his head near her, and he says, how you like your food? <laughs> Honestly, she nodded, so it kind of meant like, I got the check. So he came back. <laughs> I know I'm going to the local, but this is fun. Uh, and the, the, the man says, where's the check? He said, you know what? She left it in the car. <laughs> yeah, he said, go get it. And then he, he deliberately said to Robert, you don't have it, do you? slipped a check across the table and it was ten times the amount of money he gave away that night. <laughs> Multiply. 
Stand with me, would you? After you're stood, give him about five more seconds. for being so long would you bow your heads please sometimes I can come across a little bit sharp and harsh blunt but please know my heart I love you and I am where you're sitting I'm not so perfect I miss it sometimes so I preached this message to myself at least four times before I brought it to you because I want to see you at the start of the year do better this year than last. But I'm not your source. I'll do everything I can to help you, but your source and mine is God. So with your head bowed and your eyes closed, I wonder if you, I'm not going to ask you to step out of the aisle. I'm not going to ask you to come front. I'm just going to ask you, between you and God and myself. Pastor, I uh, have not trusted God in this area as well as I should. Pastor, I uh, have been ill-informed about some of this. And I, I don't know how I'm going to start it. Just start where you are. Just start where you are. But I need to surrender trust in God by obedience and giving what he asked of me. And so I'm going to sign up for keeping doing it. I've kind of fall by the wayside. I'm going to start the first time. Or maybe this is your, I want you to pray for my finances. Maybe that's you. Your head's bowed and your eyes are closed. And I won't take long with raising your hands, but I will ask you to raise it now by faith. Thank you. Hold it up. Don't, don't worry. I'm not, I'm not going to near embarrass you. Hold, thank you. Thank you. Oh, praise God. Thank you for putting them up. Put them down. Thank you. Okay. Would you, everyone, repeat the prayer after me? And as I pray, I want you to receive what the Holy Spirit says through me. I'm just a vessel. On the count of three. Dear Lord Jesus, I come before you today. And I want to admit that everything in my life comes from you. You are the owner. I'm the manager. Jesus, do not let me get that mixed up. I start today realizing that if my heart is not right, God is not obligated to bless me. Lord Jesus, I understand that this principle will not work for unbelievers. So today, I rededicate my life to you. And starting now, I will pursue total obedience in trusting God with money. I trust you today that when I obey you, everything else, in my life will be blessed. You said in your word that you will rebuke the devourer for my sake. You said in your word that there'll be no curse on my life but favor. So beginning now, 
I'm going to trust you like I've never trusted you. You are my Lord and you alone I believe in. I trust even now. Amen. Well, put your hands together. Come on, you, you've done well. You've done well. Now, here's what's going to happen. Okay, here's what's going to happen. You're going to come back with testimonies. I pray you'll share some with me about what happened today in your life and what God's doing. Sing one time. Let's sing one time with him, and then we'll, we'll move on. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet would ever wander. And my faith will be made stronger. as you leave in the rain. 